But I hate when I feel like this And I never hated you Neurotica is a weekly podcast going to the deepest, darkest parts of the mind and bringing them to light. Topics range on mental illness, behavior, and perception and more. Please be warned, many episodes contain trigger warnings. If you ever have thoughts of suicide, please call the suicide hotline at 1-800-273-8255. Hey everybody, welcome to Neurotica. I'm your host, Cody Ryan. I'm here with my co-host as always, Bobby Jumpstar. How you doing, Bobby? Uh, there's a lot going on, Cody. I'm uh, doing pretty well. I actually took a mental health day today um, just because <laughs> between everything, there's just so fucking much and it's, I find it completely impossible to focus on work. The fact that I definitely need Adderall and don't have a prescription yet doesn't help. Yeah, it's even to the point for me as someone not doing anything that I wanted to cancel this podcast, which is the only thing that I do like during the week other than Twitch. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, but no, it, it's definitely an important episode. Um, we're not the important voices, but um, we are just here to give kind of our idea. So to give context to what this episode is. Obviously, uh, across America, if you're, you know, looking at the timestamp, there's been a lot of protests because of police brutality. Uh, more than one case, but particularly uh, George Floyd is the one that is uh, been highlighted the most because um, it's the most recent, as well as another female whose name I don't quite remember off the top of my head. But Brian, uh, Brian Taylor. Thank you. Um, so there's protests going on across the country and. Uh, as you guys know, Bobby and I live in Philadelphia, so we're in kind of one of the bigger cities, and Philadelphia is kind of one of the cities that's had a magnifying glass on it. So Bobby and I have both gone out at different uh, junctures for protests and done you know contributions and stuff. So today we're going to really just talk about you know kind of our experiences that we had at the protest. Uh, some of the things we saw, you know, in the news that portrayed what the protests were versus what we experienced and kind of just go on tangents from there because there's just so much to unpack with the situation. But, you know, the big thing I just want to say again is, you know, we're not the voices to to amplify, but we don't want to be silent. We're here to just, you know, we are in uh, favor of Black Lives Matter and we just want to give our experience. Yeah. And we have been for a long time. Uh, if you are a regular listener, you know that we're, you know pretty far to the left compared to the average person. Um, so it's, it's no surprise that obviously we're strongly in, in favor uh, of the protesters. We're not really questioning anything at all um, <laughs> uh, about them, um, not only for optical reasons, but because we don't really disagree with anything that they're doing for the most yeah. part. <laughs> um, but yeah, as Cody said, we, and you'll hear this from everyone um, like us who says anything, but it is important to note. Uh, we know that we are very privileged white guys. Um, we know that this stuff is not about us and we're not trying to make it about us. Uh, but if there's any chance that we can reach anyone, um, I guess anyone even specifically who are like us and convince them to be on the right side of history or, 
to take the next step, whether it be from donating to marching or from not doing anything to donating. Um, that's what we want to do. And, and to kind of piggyback off of what Bobby said, you know, there, there's a lot to do now in our country, but the thing that people keep saying is, you know, silence is compliance. So I, I felt like, you know, we, me and Bobby are very outspoken people in support of a lot of different causes. And I think we both felt, you know, kind of a need to be there, not because, you know, we need to like check off a box, but because we really feel like these are things that matter to us. And when we go to these things, you have to understand we're not just supporting, but one thing I thought of and kind of tweeted out is as a, a white person who is privileged and marching with, you know, a, a very diverse group, but the police were, you know, very hostile towards all of us. Now, finally, I'm seeing something that white man doesn't generally see, and that's hostility from the police. And you start to understand and see those true colors. And I think that's a lot of what I've been seeing between the media and what actually happened. And like, you know, like uh, the big thing was, you know, the gassing on 676. Mayor Kenny put out a statement that was completely fabricated and just like, it's like, do you believe everything the police say? Like, are you a fucking idiot? Like, how could people on a hill like be it rocking a car? Like. That's not in sight. <laughs> so um, do you want to start off? We both attended the, the first thing that we both went to was the same protest on Saturday that started yeah. at the Philadelphia Art Museum, uh, marched down the Benjamin Franklin Parkway, past City Hall, and eventually down to Broad and Vine. Yeah. And when we got to that protest, very light police presence, I would say. Like, it felt like yeah. it was just going to stay a peaceful protest, and it was for... The entirety of the time that we were um, at the art museum it was just a lot of handing back and forth microphones and saying different things, getting chants started, you know, people demonstrating. There was one thing that concerned me that, like, made me a little bit worried about, like, and we'll talk about this a little bit for sure, um, mixed agendas of some of the people going. And I tweeted this out that I was worried that this like group came and they were all wearing black and orange. And they had a professional made sign that was like, revolution is coming, go to this website. And I'm not going to dox the website because I don't fucking care. Anyway, they're like, go to this website. And I'm like, it's not about what your thing is today. Like, you don't need to be sitting on the art museum steps. And then I saw they had a megaphone and I'm like, if these fuckers start talking about something else, like, I swear to God, like, if I hear like yeah. politics, I'm on screen. I saw people... Um from Philly Black Lives Matter there with signs and uh, megaphones, but obviously I'm fine with that because... Yeah, I'm uh, talking about predominantly been... white people oh. at this Black Lives... Like, I think it was like, I saw five of them, and one of them was black, but everybody else was white. So I was a little yeah. concerned that they, their message was going to be, like, amplified over, like, the Black Lives Matter message. Right. Yeah, there is a lot of white people acting up and I'm of two minds about it. You know, um, first thing yesterday I went to vote, um, and Isabel didn't want me to do it because of COVID-19. And she's also been very concerned about me going to protest because of COVID-19, but, and obviously like, what is one, what difference is one person going to make? Like, she has a point there, but I also think that, you know, 
part of collective action is that it takes a, a ton of individuals. Sure. Like one person might not make the difference, but hundreds of one person does. And so in my mind, whether it's voting for like Bernie in the, the primary, even though he's off the ballot and endorsed Biden, whatever, like who knows if he's going to get any delegates to exert any leverage at the convention, but I still thought that I had to do it. And these protests, the same thing. I still feel like I have to do it because every single person needs to make the decision in order for there to be thousands of people out there. So as far as white people like embarrassing themselves or acting up, it's good that they're there. And I don't really know how to quantify how bad it is when they either embarrass themselves or one person in particular that I'm thinking of was a guy that I saw while I was walking home from a protest on Monday. And I saw him on Saturday jumping on top of a cop car with a shirt off um, with no mask on and like trying to take a hammer to the lights and pull them off the top of the car. And I really thought, felt that he was there making it about himself, making a memory. And I got pissed off when I passed him on Monday because I was like, I'm not even the police. I don't have any resources. Yeah. I'm just a guy that was there. And because you were fucking stupid, you were potentially um, giving the cops a reason to escalate yeah. stuff by jumping on the car and smashing it up. You were stupid about it because I know what the tattoo on your chest looks like. The cops know what the tattoo on your chest looks like. And I know what your face looks like because you weren't wearing a mask because you weren't taking precautions because I don't think that he really cared. I think he was a tourist. And when you're doing that kind of stuff, you put yourself and others in danger. And yeah, like I struggle with finding the balance of how to feel about stuff like that. Well, I guess I, I can say to that, you know, it's it, it's been very tiring being inside, honestly, just because I do read all the news and I see the reports, you know, like I'll see like, okay, maybe somebody, there's this weird ATM dynamite thing, which is kind of bizarre. And somebody even's already had conspiracy theory on that, which I'm not even going to touch. But, um, you know, like there are things that I'm like, Oh, that's scary. Like, I don't really know what to say. Like if I lived in that neighborhood, but then like, like I said, you know, I don't really have a say to like people looting a fucking target. Like, okay. You know, that actually proved a point though. Like somebody made a good point about it being that, you know, if the cops were doing so well with this aggressive policing, then why wasn't that target so protected? Like, do you see what happened when you were like, it's like, you know, it it's really hard to really quantify really how much the police charged up the people, but it's not really the people that were doing anything. And I, I think, you know, maybe if we just continue with our own experiences through the, the protests, I think you can kind of get what we mean by some of it and just the power power lists that you can kind of feel in all of it, but you know, the struggles on both sides. Yes. The Paris list, the power, powerless, that's the <laughs> All right. So uh, you 
were mentioning that things were peaceful at the art museum. Yeah. I did want to uh, share a, a funny anecdote um, about the, so the protest was scheduled to start at two o'clock. Yeah. And at around two o three PM, I was there and I saw a girl um, either live streaming or recording a video on her phone and she was narrating it. She was saying, Oh yeah, uh, you know Philly's different. We don't we don't have to burn cars here. <laughs> yeah, uh, we don't have to flip cop cars. Like we don't have to get violent, set fires and stuff. Like Philly's different. And I was like, you know, the protest started three minutes ago, <laughs> and you're and you're right. Philly is different. <laughs> like I just don't know what direction a, you see. A, yeah, it's a it's a widely held stereotype about Philadelphia <laughs> uh, that it is indeed different, but just not exactly in the opposite of the way that you're saying. So like I was laughing, like this is going to age poorly. In, yeah. You know, I did. an hour and a half. You're going to, you're going to have to take it down because you're going to be embarrassed. <laughs> yeah. So this is where it gets a little odd. So we, we start moving um, just east of the city because the art museum is pretty much like all the way to the West until you get to a different part of the city. Um, so we're, we're going East and you know, we're marching in, there's a lot of confusion because there's a lot of us and like not all the messages were like easily passed on. So I'm not entirely sure where we're going, but we're cutting through the like the little fountain at the end of the parkway. And somebody says, don't go down spring garden. There's SWAT. So one of our friends, you know, she runs off to make sure people like aren't going down that way. Cause that's how she is. And she's great. And I was trying to like redirect people as well. Um, you know, and we're just trying to like, we had a medic with us. So we're trying to, you know, stay like with kind of the action so we can just make sure that we're like there, but we're marching. And one thing that became very clear to me, and I don't know where you were in all of this, Bobby, because this is another thing that gets confusing, but where we march, we came up towards like the city hall and we're in Penn square. And if you don't know Philadelphia, it's just this really weird fucking square that we have. It's like a shitty roundabout. Um, yeah, it uh, it extremely predates paved streets. And yeah, so, it doesn't. Help. So, it's, so it's very weird and annoying to drive around. But the famous Broad Street that people know that run north and south, where there's like even some blockade and then just some light police presence, and we're going north. And I just kind of was like, okay, well, this is actually going smoother than I thought. And then we all come to a dead stop. And it's right around Vine, like the Vine Expressway. Bobby, I was wondering at this point whether we were going to do what happened later and go shut down the highway. What we did later? Well, like it's not later, but what what people did um, a couple of days later. Well, so that's the thing, though. It's just like this was like the the first event though this is like this is the culmination of we thought everything was peaceful and i get to this dead stop we're not entirely sure what's happening but basically i'm noticing cops are not letting us go to the right at all to the north people are coming in to the west people are coming in from the south we are coming in these are three groups trying to converge there's the vine expressway what is happening, Bobby? Uh, I was in a different spot than you, um, so I'm not quite sure. So you just uh, well, somehow <laughs> <answer your> <laughs> a van catches on fire, 
And I guess it's a police van because it's just kind of like this burgundy van. But this is where I just get really, really confused. These two vans are parked next to each other. One is a like very clearly parked and marked police van, but then one's just this like burgundy non-marked van. And then there's a riot van blocking both of them uh, perpendicular, like the actual ramp. Hmm. This car, See? I get, I get a yeah. So like, I get a like a view of this car, and there's like one spot looks bashed in, or like something was shot into it. And then the car catches on fire at some point. It was like smoking before, and then at some point it's on fire. So I might have been closer to this than you, or maybe we're talking about two different things. There were two police SUVs, not unmarked, but like okay. the ones where the lettering is in the same color. Right, right. Um, as as the car itself. One of those that was closer to me was the one that that kid was jumping on and other people were jumping on as well. And they smashed in the um, windows okay. and they threw road flares, lit road flares. Okay, so that's how it caught on fire then. Yes. Okay. So those were already parked there, right? Yes. Why? <sighs> um, I'm thinking that it was to block protesters from getting on the highway. So, take away the fact that, you know, obviously, again, people, you know, lit a car on fire, and that's, you know, obviously an act of vandalism that people can debate all of this, but I, I want to get, let's say the car never got lit on fire. We're getting blocked from the Vine Expressway, but everybody's being herded from the north, west, and south. That's when things stopped being peaceful all of a sudden. The cops are blocking this burning car, obviously. This is the side I'm on. I'm the closest you can be to the burning car. We want to see the action. Somebody calls medic. We throw our medic up there so we're closer. All of a sudden, the car really starts catching a flame. So the cops say, decide they're going to push, but they don't say anything. So they start pushing us all back as a crowd. We have somebody in a wheelchair in the crowd. So without this like warning, it's really like causing chaos. We're getting pushed back. One of our friends gets hit in the head with a baton that we have now confirmed has given him a concussion. And he grabs the baton. So he is now wrestling with this cop. I swim back into the crowd, pull him off the cop. He goes back up there and they just start chain lengthening like, like with the cops. But the cops were just pushing us with no warning. It was just like they were pushing back as if that was like an advanced tactic of how they were going to take us down. Yeah, so I, I never was involved with anything that really escalated to that level. Um, there was, I heard rumors of tear gas, but no one that I ever talked to was able to confirm whether it was tear gas or smoke from the car. So it wasn't It wasn't um, either of those things. I thought it was tear gas. It was the tires popping. They uh, sound exactly like sense. canisters. Okay. Yeah. Good to know. Yeah, so no tear gas was deployed, but then that, but that was what caused so much confusion. That, like we were seeing smoke and canister noises were going off, but it was actually tires like popping. And this is a situation where a lot of people were like, "Yeah, you guys lit a car on fire. This is the fire. but we were all being herded, and it was very clear that whatever that they were planning 
we were getting words of like they're going to come behind you get out of here yeah there's a there's a guy um on top of like a newsstand who was looking back who was saying that like it looked like there was SWAT in- incoming yeah and we did see some of the SWAT go by I do want to say though there was just this like moment of the protest though that was kind of funny to me where like everybody was deadlocked at their locations and there's this dude sitting on top of a septa bus eating cheese it's and he doesn't Damn. give a shit <laughs> And then, like, the cops go over to him, and then you realize he's not even a protester. He's clearly a homeless man, and I knew that because he had, like, a backpack, and he let the cops, like, grab his backpack and help him down. And I was like, that dude was just chilling, like, checking this shit out. He has no clue what's going on at all. No, the cops will never uh, turn down an opportunity to harass a homeless guy, though. Yeah, but it made them look better there at the time. It was like one of those times, like, okay, the enemy and my enemy is my friend. So I'll help this homeless guy to make these protesters feel like dicks. Oh, they're helping him? All right, I didn't realize that. But they weren't helping him. They were just telling him to get the fuck off the bus. But they were like, but they were being more gentle with him is the point. Like, they were like grabbing his backpack nicely, letting him down nicely, giving his backpack back, and then saying, having a nice day. Like, that was not the the, the experience of any protester. No. (laughs) So then, did anything else happen then, or um, yeah, it was my my experience here was like very confused. Like you said, it was hard to figure out what was going on because it's it's, it's like organized where you'll show up, kind of. Yeah, and then people take the lead, and the crowd moves as the crowd moves. So I didn't know where we were going, and eventually ended up turning around and marching up Market Street. Yeah, so that wasn't our experience at all. We went back towards City Hall. So I went to City Hall, and I was starting to feel tired. I needed to take my medications around the time. My cat needed to be fed for being in sun and stuff. And I was like, look, guys, I just like I just don't have the energy anymore to be like, you know, chanting and stuff. So I think I'm going to head back. And I was even like, I'll cut through this like place near my old work. And they are like, no, don't go that way. So we're at City Hall, chilling out. And I cut through Dilworth Park, which is like soon as I get to Dilworth. This is this is what I could not comprehend. And this is where it started to get to be like, oh, this whole thing might have been racist. Um, I get to Dilworth. There isn't a cop in sight. There are like <laughs> thousand people in City Hall, like hundreds of feet away. There are no cops in Dilworth. Yeah. Well, while I was protesting, my friend was texting me like, Hey, are you in the city? And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm down at uh, Broad and Vine, thinking that she was, like, texting me about protesting. She was like, oh, we're uh, drinking in Rittenhouse Square. Um, Like, let me know when you get out. (laughs) I was like, situation's fluid, Aaron. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm in Dilworth, and I start to get around the, um, you know, city hall area there and, like, the start to get to the point where you, like, kind of cross into Broad Street and I see three police vans storming with their sirens on going around the square right back to City Hall. And I text my friend and I said, do you have everybody? Cops are coming. And she said, they just stormed City Hall. So, and she said, I can't find my boyfriend. And I was like, do you need me to come back? I sprint back. I'm like watching people throw shit at City Hall. But like the cops can't really do anything. It's just, it's an unruly mob at that point. And they're not causing any destruction really they're just 
mad at City Hall. So there's probably a lot of people like, oh, yeah, they, no, nothing happened really at City Hall. There was obviously on the other side of the city, like Rizzo's face was getting burned, which is awesome as hell. Um, parody, right. but awesome as hell. Um, I walked right past that, and people, I saw like the first moment that it got graffitied, but I didn't realize that it was going to um, turn into a whole thing. People yeah. were trying to get it down, otherwise it would have stayed there instead of... You know, just moving past it. Yeah, so we we ended up all kind of collectively leaving at the same time City Hall because that was getting insane. But um, I learned before I left that the Rizzo statue uh, actually purposely, when it got moved, got um, melded into the subway uh, system so that if anybody successfully pulled it, that they would be paying such high charges of uh, destruction of infrastructure that it would basically ruin their entire life. So the only thing that could happen is you would have to quickly dissolve the statue at the ankles. I don't know what the hell they did today to actually remove it, but the Rizzo statue has been removed. There are rumors it's going to get moved already. Yeah, I saw, uh, I think, the statement from Mayor Kenny specifically said that it was being moved and didn't say removed. And I think that they just took a saw to the bottom of it, but I'm not sure. Yeah. Cause it looked like the entire statue was still intact. Like it was like, looked like they cut the square of it, not his feet specifically, which you yeah. would, if you didn't care about a fucking statue anymore, you probably just cut its ankles off and go. Um, but you know, so the Rizzo statue, they should, they should replace the uh, Kate Smith statue with it. The Flyers games just get way more yeah, yeah. content <laughs> from everyone. Just go the complete opposite direction. Yeah, we, we took down the Kate Smith statue because of the That's Why Darkies Were Born song, but we replaced it with the Frank Grizzo cop statue. Yeah, this is slightly <laughs> better, right? <laughs> no. No, actually much worse. Way worse. Um, but, like, everyone in South Philly would then get fire season tickets. Yeah. If the five pe- for the five people that don't have them already from South Yeah. Philly. So that's kind of where my protest experience ended because just like over the past couple of days, I just haven't really had it in me to go back out. Um, like I've been a, like kind of a little bitch about it, but at the same time, like uh, that my body's just broken. My foot is still swollen from <laughs> Saturday. Um, it's, yeah. It's like full of liquid. Like what the fuck? Just take a pin to that. Kind of get that drain. Yeah, I'm going to put a pin, pin in that. I'm going to go with my favorite athlete, athlete, Drew Brees, and get my foot drained. Uh, Nothing to talk about there. Anyway, (laughs) Drew Brees, what the fuck? Uh, I'm sure we can get to it at some point. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, so, Bobby, I know you went out a couple more nights, so I'm a little bit more uh, curious of your overall experiences. Yeah, um, I haven't been out all that much. Um, A lot of the protests have started while I'm at work, and – uh, like you said, I'm also being kind of a little bitch about it. I, uh, am left before curfew. Um, Sunday I went down to the, uh, MSB municipal service building, um, just for like an hour and a half before curfew, just in case anything happened. Um, Monday, uh, myself and a, a friend of mine from high school, um, who I actually hadn't seen in like a year uh got in contact with each other to go and we like walked around and like only found uh, the small remnants of the protest after like an hour of walking um by the art museum um but we just like kind of stood with the crowd um overlooking the vine street expressway where the cops were 
Yeah. Um, I would. Yeah. I, so, and I, we just like we're, we were more worried that day about like making sure that we had all the equipment that might be needed. Like we wanted yeah. to get water bottles and uh, shatterproof gra- shatterproof glasses and uh, grass in case in- shatterproof grass grass shatterproof grass. Yes, Shatter, shatterproof, shatterproof ass. ass. Grasses. <laughs> um, yeah, so because uh, of rubber bullets and stuff like that. So we walked around, found a small crowd for a while, and then went home. And uh, on the record, that was the last time that I went out because Isabel uh, wants me to get a COVID test and stop protesting so that I don't get sick. So um, if I had been out yesterday, um, I might have gone down to the municipal services building again for about two hours prior to curfew and then walked home because if uh, I get arrested for being out after curfew, well, I'm not even at a protest officially, then I would be in trouble. Uh, And as I was walking home, I passed a much larger march um, that was going down Walnut Street, I think, towards the Municipal Services Building. And it, if I had been out, it would have taken a lot of willpower not to join that. Um, but I wasn't out, and so it didn't, and I didn't join it. Great. Good job of you to uh, not do any <laughs> of the things you just said. Uh, yeah, no. I, I'm just painting a picture. I, I like fiction. Um, another thing I want to jump in with, because I was even – you know, a little bit of a a perpetrator of this, not to the degree that some have been. Um, Just a reminder, uh, no photos or videos unless you can blur faces. Um, And I say that because I took a picture of Tobias Harris and T. Steibel uh, out. Tobias Harris has obviously already written about this. I realize now that picture... Matisse was asked to be his photographer that day. I think he made the rookie take pictures of him. <laughs> oh, Matisse? Yeah, yeah. That's one of Matisse's hobbies as well. Yeah, it, it's so. Matisse's hobby, but Matisse didn't really post about it. And there's a picture in that article, and I was like, who was with? I was like, it was just Matisse. And I was like, in like one other person, I was like, Matisse had to take the pictures all day. Um, but I posted a picture of those two kind of as they were like moving away from me. And it went viral, and I deleted it. And the reason I deleted it is because there were faces of other people and nobody in the picture were doing anything of, um, you know, illegality at that point. But we have to err on the side of caution. And I'm embarrassed that I I didn't there. And I know it's it's probably a small one compared to some of the others. But like we have to delete or, you know, blur every face. We do not want people dying like they did in Ferguson. I don't think even my photo would have led to that. I don't think your guys' photos and videos will lead to that, but we can't rule it out. So please be safe and make sure that you don't uh, accidentally dox people's faces at this point. Yes. Um, What was I about to say? Um, Most people are wearing masks. Yeah. And whenever I've gone out or not gone out and made up a bunch of details about it, uh, I've been wearing a hat, sunglasses, and a mask to basically completely obscure my face. But if people aren't doing that, then yeah, I would say download the PixArt app. Uh, it's a free photo editing app um, for iPhones, and it has a feature where you can blur. Um, so just take five seconds and do that before you post anything. Yeah. 
And off the back of that, we now can talk about why we shouldn't have to do dumb shit like that. Um, Bobby, would you like to talk about the specific gassing on the Vine Expressway? Or would you like to talk about the Fishtown dumbasses? Well, they're both the same day. Yeah, so I believe. big day. So, yeah, the, the first thing that happened was a protest um, made its way down to the Vine Street Expressway and uh, stopped traffic. And after it did that, and, and this was, it sends a message, but it was a tactical error because of what happened next. The cops boxed them in and then um, flew over them with a helicopter and dropped tear gas on them. And I mean, I, for people as online as Cody and myself, um, it's become a cliche that tear gas is, you know, banned in war by the Geneva yeah. Convention, uh, but we still use it on our own citizens. Um, and yeah, so they, they herded people in and gassed them and then ma- like mass arrested them. Um, and they lied about it too, which part, the mayor. Well, yeah. <laughs> then the mayor would put out a statement on by saying that the protesters are rocking a car. That there are so many videos of every angle that suggest that that never happened. Yeah, it's like I got a text from my cousin, one of my cousins, on a Saturday, and he was like, oh, "Like it sucks that they like lit someone's car on fire." And I was like, "I was there. Like that didn't fucking happen." <laughs> And that stuff is just going to keep getting spread because people want to believe it. Um, I, I posted in the Discord, uh, our group chat yesterday, and or not yesterday, two days ago, and I also put this sentiment on Instagram. There's a scene in Almost Famous uh, where the band Stillwater gets their first like shipment of band t-shirts, and they're all really excited about it. And then they they pull them out, and the only one whose face is clear on it is Russell, the guitarist, who's like, Everyone knows it's text in the movie that he is much better um, than everyone else in the band. Like he's the real yeah. star, even though he's not the front man. And he's the only one whose face you can see clearly. And they get in a fight about it. And Russell says to um, Jeff Beebe, Jason Lee's character, he says, you, you love this T-shirt. It lets you say everything you want to say. <laughs> and I, I think that that is what like the looting narrative or like the focus on the looting and the um like made up antifa like outside agitator bullshit i think that that is like the same thing people love that that happens because then they can be like oh well you know they they shouldn't be looting they all these uh antifa people and they can like distance themselves from it and erase the righteous black anger that is the animating force behind it. Um, and they can convince themselves that they're still a good person while they do it. Yeah. And it, it's, it goes back to um, just so many like different parts of my mind of people of kind of echo, you know, something the uh, poet, I believe James Baldwin, I get, probably got that wrong uh but a lot of you know the black voices spoke out just talking about like waiting for justice and it's like you know i i really thought about this and i thought about this as you know a white man and i could easily say that white people are a terrorist group because they are uh but it's really dawned on me that 
the African-American people are the only people in this country that have had like the, like no say in everything. They were the only ones that were just brought here in mass. I know we did a lot of horrible things in the Americans. That was an extermination, but these people have been integrated in society and they've just been the lowest rung of everything. And now we're in a society where everything's supposed to be equal. And we have people who just can't fathom the idea that a cop killed somebody is bad. That should be bad every time. doesn't matter the color, but the thing is, it's usually black, and that's the problem. Well, it's not usually black. It's disproportionately. Well, that's what I meant by it. Sorry. Uh, it, yeah, it is just disproportionately black, but it's like, isn't it kind of embarrassing for white people that we just fucking lay down when a cop kills a white guy, and we don't like care about it and protest that there's p- police brutality at all? Well, I, th- I think it like, gets to the point of, you know, we should be more outraged by police brutality, but we're obviously going to echo more, uh, you know, the historic systematic injustices. Now, I think there are serious problems with police force in general. And I had an argument with a friend once where I said, you don't think it's a problem that black people are being killed by the police? And he said, no, I don't think it's a problem. I, I think it's overblown. But you know what? The police should not be killing anybody. And these specific reforms that we want, you know, maybe we are doing it through a lens of maybe, you know, the, the black race has, you know, way more motivation than the white race. And I think everybody would agree with that. Uh, but the police need to change that regardless of who we're talking about, who died it, and they are killing people. And the fact that the idea that you could take this low paying job and as long as you pass these physical tests, you're now absolved of anything you do. It's just mind blowing to me. Yeah. So one of I, I do want to say that between the lockdown and the uh, protests, riots, like whatever your chosen uh, word for them is, because that's going to vary by person and by how you feel about everything. Um, a lot of people are feeling really anxious right now. And I think that that is a totally valid way to feel like the, the world seems like it's falling apart in a way that wouldn't have been imaginable at this time last year. Um, but, and like it, Isabel was basically having a, a, a panic attack on uh, Saturday and she ended up having her dad come pick her up and take her down the shore because um, I was like, we live they're not doing anything to private residences. Um, they haven't done that in any yeah. city. Like there's no reason for us to think that they're going to do it now. And even if they do like on the tiny minuscule chance that <laughs> yeah. Philadelphia is the city where they start guillotining people or like just looting private, private residences, which I don't think is going to happen on the minuscule chance that we do. We live on a third story walk up. I don't think they're going to like smash in the window, the first floor and go to every, like every apartment of of the entire like row of houses. Um, She was like, you are so bad at uh, helping me with this. She she called her mom. She's like, Bobby's so bad at this. Please help me. Fair enough. Um, Yeah. Um, But so where I'm, where I want to go with that is I think that feeling that way is totally valid and understandable um but this has made me feel more hopeful than i felt in a long time yeah 
Yeah, Quite it's frankly. it's it's the, a weird feeling of dread and the hope. amount of <laughs> yeah, like where something is actually finally happening. There is um, a friend of mine from college who I don't really talk to much anymore, um, not out of any animosity, but just because that's what happens after college. Um, posted some stuff on her Instagram story from the protest, and I messaged her and I was like, "Hey, like you know, it's really." great to see you like getting out there for the cause i really i really appreciate you doing that and she was like yeah i don't really consider myself much of a political last but i kind of draw the line at murder and i think that a lot of people are feeling that way in a way that they didn't in 2014 uh with ferguson or a way that they didn't in whatever it was 2017 with philando castile or any of the other, or in you the, know, innumerable in the '90s, Rodney King lynchings back to the fifth. Yeah. Like, I mean, we're decades behind to year. I mean, not right. decades, centuries. I mean, slavery, but to say even just like them as part of society, we we were playing a charade, even when segregation yeah, was over. But, it was never over. <laughs> yeah, I'm talking uh, in this particular instance more specifically about the more recent stuff. Yeah. Um, where basically the same thing happened, um, but it didn't lead to this reaction. And I think that all of that other stuff, um, I've, I've talked a lot about this before, but I think that Ferguson for me was the moment, was my fork in the road moment where um, that was gonna determine the, the type of person that I was politically. And um, because I was following some specific black voices on Twitter at the time uh, and, you know, seeing who they amplified, I, this was the fork that I chose. And I think that this moment is serving as that for a lot more people. Um, people are getting out, um, protesting. People are posting, like, not just... Um, I can't breathe or black lives matter stuff, but they're posting bail funds, donating their money to them. They are, um, sharing, you know, email and phone scripts, um, about things that you can send your local politicians to defund the police. Um, which is like on a let on a, at a volume that I'd never thought that I would see from people and so yeah it's uncomfortable it can be uncomfortable to be in the city right now i guess um and it may feel like the world is burning but i think that the direction that we're heading in if this moment is that moment for a lot of people is is a really good one yeah and i think we are seeing starts of a sea change i mean we made action we got you know chauvin's uh uh charge up to second degree we've got the other three officers now charged i mean that doesn't necessarily mean justice has been served there's still a lot to be done there's still another person out there who was killed that has not had any charges brought against her murderers so people are still angry uh but yeah, this is not about one individual. This is not about the degree of the murder charge for the cop that kills George Floyd, although obviously that is part of it and 
you have to pay special attention to it because that is the thing that set a lot of this into motion specifically. Yeah, and we're setting precedent. But but that's not yeah. But what we're protesting for at this point is to defund and demilitarize police, to send our tax dollars that are currently like as everyone will will say, go go look at your city's budget and look at how much is law enforcement and pensions for law enforcement versus how much is for everything else. Like this is about changing the system, not getting one shot, one cop card chart, sorry, not getting one cop charged. It's about taking money from the police that's paying for them to fucking dress in catcher's equipment with like AR 15s and enormous like tank like vehicles with fucking sound weaponry and put that back into education and shit. And I I really want to address one thing was uh, Bernie Sanders actually came out with a plan today and it fucking sucks. Um, Mostly because he had a plan where he wants to give uh, higher wages to police officers because he thinks it'll attract a more, uh, you know, worthy base of candidates so you can weed out more of the racists uh, and get more of the people that are just like, hey, I need a job, which one, you you realize you still need to psychological test these people. That's what you need to start with is the understanding that you haven't been weeding these people out at all anyway, and you're probably not going to mass fire a bunch of people. So you already have a police force, regardless if you're replacing them with top people. So you need to figure out how the hell you're going to know who's good and bad on that police force before you hire those people. Two, I I just really don't think that makes logical sense. No person like right now is like willing to take on the danger of being a cop other than those people who are like really angry and violent and like want that. Like we know that because 40% of cops are reported domestic abusers. There's a certain type of person that becomes a cop. Um, and I don't. Yeah, like I would, I would argue that all that that would do, like the the men, the current mentality for police and law enforcement, it doesn't want to weed those people out. It yeah. wants those people. Like that, that's exactly who it wants. Is the like fucking violent psychos and. So I I do understand like the idea of trying to get a better workforce by upping the salary um, because it's something that I've advocated for teachers for a while. Um, And I mean, that's just simple supply, like supply and demand economics. It's the first economic class that you have in college. Um, But like I said, like the, I don't think this can really be reformed. I think it needs to be replaced entirely. And I don't think that any like reform proposal is really going to be good. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, there's plenty of things you can do that will fix things like cash bail that needs to go. Um, There's plenty of like, Mm -hmm. you know, exceptions and obviously the waiting sometimes people have to even, hear a court date for something that's like nonviolent. Like, you know, it's just the whole system's clogged. It's, it's, we've completely broken this. We know like, not me, I'm don't work for the fucking cops. Uh, but that's what I was saying earlier. It's like, I'm not trying to look down cops cause they don't make a lot of money, but if you're looking at it, 
why would you take a low salary to take on high danger? Like, why would you well, <laughs> like, a... think about it? Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's basically the long and short of it. I don't I don't think that there's any reform that can work that isn't just massively defunding and demilitarizing the police. And I mean, it would it would take a total replacement of the top brass um, with people that have a different attitude towards what it means to be a cop and what it means to serve the community. Yeah. I think that's really key is when you talk about getting a better group of people, you know, they should not be worrying about giving wages to uh, higher wages to like the common street cop. They should be thinking about bringing police chiefs that maybe come from different walks of life that don't fucking kill people. And shit like that, or find ways to like, you know, promote people of color that actually have like stood against some of the horrible things that happen in their own police departments. And it's just like, it sucks because when police get like promoted or anything, I just read an article of just how shitty they are, like documented shitty too. Like, and it's it's ridiculous, like how easy it is for them to just be like, okay, here's why this new police chief is the worst person ever. Yeah, like. Look at Philly's current police chief. Um, I'm not sure what her first name is. Uh, something outlaw. Um, she is what you get when you have identity politics without class analysis. She is a black woman who f- was formerly in Portland. And Portland is like a fucking breeding ground for white supremacists and like neo-fascists. And there's the DSA up there is and Antifa um such as it exists <laughs> as an yeah. organized thing, which it really, for the most part, does not. Uh, it's just a bogeyman. But that she she was up there, and the cops in Portland are constantly working with like the Proud Boys and stuff like that. And oh yeah, so, they just fucked up again. The, the Portland protests were like some of the worst videos I've seen online. Yeah, and so that's that's who we get. We get. A black woman so that there's like representation and I don't know in my more um, cynical moments I wonder if they like hired her because she has like oh, they'll show a softer feminine touch or something like that uh, okay. but um, didn't work yeah so I mean that's who you get and so you have Philly fucking dropping tear gas out of a helicopter 30 almost 35 years the day after the move bombing yeah and they've made it clear it's us versus them i mean the that new york uh what was it like their fucking union or something like basically said we're gonna win this war um you know and it's just so much the videos of like the cops will kneel and then the people will get close and they'll tear gas and it's like there's just been all these performative acts on video of the cops doing something good, and then you'll hear the report of them doing something shitty. Well, there's plenty of videos of them actively doing shitty things. Like, the the first day there was any kind of protesting, like, a 90-pound girl got a concussion being pushed, like, full force by that cop. Yeah, like, I'm... I'm I understand the instinct behind sharing stuff like that, cops marching, cops kneeling, but it's so clearly propaganda... I think people share it and say like, oh, more of this, please. 
bare hands emoji, like shit yeah. like that. Um, I think people share because they want to believe it. They they want to think that there is an option to solve this stuff that is just like having grace in your heart and coming together as a community. Uh, and because that's much easier and calls for much less action and probably less destruction, uh, both in terms of lives and property, but there's just not, we've, there's, we've, there have been peaceful protests for years. How many peaceful protests have we gone to, um, against the, uh, travel ban, uh, yeah. against, um, you know, stuff at the border, like detaining families and separating children from yeah, their families and I stuff remember... like that. I've been to tons of protests right after Donald Trump got elected. I've been to tons of peaceful protests and nothing ever fucking happened. So this is happening all over the country now. And lo and behold, the charges get elevated. And like, hopefully they're going to arrest the other three officers in the George Floyd Floyd case as well and charge them as accessories somehow. I'm not a lawyer, um, so I can't speak to <laughs> like how that's going to go in court or anything like that. But, you know, no. the, the proof is in the fucking pudding that stuff is actually happening right now. Yeah, no, and I, I think you're absolutely right. We've seen monuments come down and the, even that one, like the, the police just kind of retreated. They were just like, all right. And, you know, Rizzo... He's gonna get moved. Unfortunately, Kenny's a piece of shit. He won't. He won't have the balls to to melt it like he should. But really embarrassing uh, uh, for prep guys everywhere. Yeah, I didn't go there. Um, but yeah, he's gonna move it. Uh, but <laughs> New York has been clearly the most insane city I've seen. Um, and the billboards I shared of Cuomo be like, don't do crime. Those freaked <laughs> me the fuck out. <laughs> He's such a little fucking worm. I yeah. was saying to uh, my friend that I went out to protest with on Monday that the first time I heard Cuomo speak, I was really impressed. It was, we were driving down the shore, um, like right at the beginning of the COVID lockdowns. And he was on the radio and he was talking about, oh, we're going to we're going to listen to the science. We're going to deploy the uh, Army Corps of Engineers to quickly build up hospitals and infrastructure and stuff like that. And I was like, OK, I'm really impressed by what this guy's saying. But I think that a lot of people have taken the fact that he's an impressive public speaker and kind of says the right things about COVID, uh, whereas Donald Trump is like a fucking absolute moron who everything that he says is a fucking lie and they just compare him to him to they compare Cuomo to Trump uh, positively whereas Cuomo is like in the middle of all this trying to strike down bail reforms to keep more people in jail during a crisis where being in close quarters with people is like the number one way of spreading the disease and he's like not quickly clearing out prisons and stuff like that at all. And like he on crime is a fucking piece of shit. And I shudder to think that someone like him can use the platform that he has to COVID and like maybe catapult himself to stardom within the democratic party and then come in and implement and just be super pro law enforcement and maybe appoint 
uh, pro law enforcement judges to the Supreme Court and stuff like that. Like, I don't think people think, I don't think you're the average person thinks that critically about stuff like that yet, unfortunately. And I think that, you know, maybe this is the thing that will get people asking those sorts of questions of not only police officers, but the government officials that love police officers. Yeah. And I think it it really shows that we didn't just scare the police. We scared a lot of top officials in cities and their actions showed it. Now you could have a Cuomo who's like a lot more, you know, aggressive. Um, I don't think Wolf or Kenny has been particularly anything other than just waffling. So they don't look bad to either side. So they look horrible to both. Um, (laughs) And then like Minnesota though, they finally, you know, felt that pressure. We finally lifted that Rizzo statue. New York finally ran over a bunch of people. They're not doing anything better. They're (laughs) fucking idiots. Louisville uh, fired their chief of police. Yeah, that was really cool. yeah, because their officers didn't have their body cams turned on. Yeah, and there was like an incident with some officers that were like right away investigated in one city and they were like fired the next day. And they were like, nope, you guys are like, that's exactly what we didn't want to do. So like there, there is some police forces that are trying, but you have to understand it's like they're all reading from the same handbook and it it don't work. We've seen it. We've proven it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so... We're probably at about an hour right now. Do you want to touch briefly on Drew Brees or the Fishtown white supremacists? Yeah, so I, I'll talk uh, just briefly about Drew Brees. Um, Drew Brees is just not the guy we should have been talking to. And he literally just took Malcolm Jenkins' advice and just shut the fuck up. That's all I really have to say. Yes. <laughs> He's a complete moron. Yeah. He, was, uh, he was against Kaepernick, too. Like, that's the everyone who claims that they're, you know, in, in favor of peaceful protest, but when it gets violent, that's when they're against it. Um, a lot of them were not in favor of peaceful protest at all. They thought yeah. that Colin Kaepernick, like taking a knee during the national anthem, was the equivalent of fucking a troop's wife, like yeah. on camera at at the fifty yard line. So I don't know. He's a fucking idiot, and just be suspicious of everyone that claims that they are in favor of peaceful protests, but can't get on board when it turns violent because they are probably lying. Yep. Definitely. And turning over to the dipshits that were in Fishtown, uh, this was a group of, I'm not going to call them white supremacists because they weren't organized enough, but these were white supremacists um, <laughs> who were unorganized. Uh, but just a bunch of dipshits came out with like, whatever weapon they had in their home and the cops let them like join their side and defend the city and nothing really like took off. I don't think. No, they were wandering around. I haven't heard too many stories of any actual violence happening. Um, but that was actually the thing that made me remember, Oh yeah, we have this police chief from Portland who actively worked with white supremacists. Like, yeah, Okay, now there's a bunch of them in Philadelphia marching with their fucking aluminum baseball bat from their T-ball glory days, like the last time their parents were proud of them. Okay. And <laughs> what? I, I, I do want to say, <laughs> I might have encountered some of them today. 
So if I I end up dead, check on my phone. I took a picture of a Verizon truck. They're going to kill me. Um, Oh, yeah, you mentioned that. Yeah, so... Oh, yeah. So, and one other thing that I did want to talk about um, is that if I had gone to the municipal services building yesterday, which I didn't, uh, I would have seen, again, something that would have seemed unimaginable in America a year ago, which was a huge line of army trucks and armed national guardsmen with uh, assault rifles. And it's, if I had been there, I would have thought that it looked like a war zone and that it's worth mentioning, first of all, that the national guard and the army is not your friend either. And they are also not the friends of obviously the people in the countries they are occupying. So it's it's worth remembering when someone says, oh, it's a war zone. Uh, I, I saw some guy say, you're in like fucking New York, not Fallujah. Like you probably shouldn't be doing that shit in Fallujah or anywhere else in the world. Yeah. It was like, uh, I think it was somebody in the past. They tried to compare our immigration to like uh, other countries like, in Iran and Korea, if you immigrate into their country, they cut off your hands and your head, and it's like, is that what you want? <laughs> um, did you did you learn that from watching from watching Aladdin before they took out the racist lyrics? <laughs> but um, yeah, so I I guess to wrap up here, I'll tell a little story. Today seemed like a calmer day in the city, just in general. Like I I think just because I felt like with the news um with uh george floyd's killers like you know getting actually charged kind of you know broke the tension for me a little bit but i get woken up uh by some guys working for verizon and honestly it's my fault that my piece of shit sleeps in but um they're working and i can't really make out fully what they're saying but i could tell they're talking about protests like and i could tell they're not pro protest kind of guys <laughs> not that concerned about it. They're not like, they're not, you know, yelling the N word or anything like that. They're giving a little bit of their opinion and they start talking about, about work. Then I go out cause I need to get some stuff. And one dude is like, uh, Hey buddy, be safe. I'm like, what? I'm like, you fucking serious. And none of the guys wearing masks. Of course they don't give a shit. I'm like, why the fuck would you tell me be safe? Like, so I go and get my shit. And I come back down the um, street and I just hear this one guy, like, he's like, I got my Magnum, I got my AR to send me out there. I'm ready to go. And I like turned around and I took pictures of the uh, the truck and the guy's like, can I help you? And I'm like, I'm like, you guys keep talking that racist bullshit. I'm calling Verizon and letting them know like this truck. And like, I'm not a snitch, but if I'm getting a racist fired, like I don't really care. But I just told him, I was like, I just shut the fuck up. Like I not listen to this. And the guy was, like, trying to be, like, what's your name? And he was, like, fumbling with his phone, trying to get out his camera. And I'm, like, why would I tell you my name? And he's, like, what's your name? I'm, like, you're not a fucking cop. And I wouldn't even tell a cop. So, like, I'm not going to tell you. And I just get (laughs) into my house. And then I get upstairs. And I'm, like, trying to listen and see if they're talking shit on me. They're just whispering. (laughs) They're just doing their job and whispering. And I'm, like, oh, shit. I guess I did catch somebody. 
Got my AR, my Magnum. Yeah, fucking loser. They try to say we weren't talking about that. What the fuck were you talking about then? Because that's more concerning that you have other <laughs> situations that you think you can bring things into. <laughs> For real, like she's got my AR, my Magnum. <laughs> Gonna go down to the daycare. He is loading up for like an open up protest. Yeah. Yeah. Which, funny enough, we are kind of opening up on a Friday, which is two days from the time of recording. And I'm gonna try to put this episode tomorrow. But yeah, we're definitely gonna have a spike because of the protest. I don't know where we're gonna close back up. Yeah. But I'm definitely gonna try to get out. I I I do just want to say real quick, right before we go, that I've. I, and I think I called this in our group chat um, that we would see people comparing, oh, you're you're fine with going out, people going out for protests, but the open up uh, protests you're against or something like that. And um, I would say that, yeah, one is about um, like someone who owns a garage door business being able to make their people go back to work and put them in danger and well, not even make them able to go back to work, forcing them to get back, go back to work or else get off unemployment insurance um, so that those people can make some more money. And the other one is about, you know, uh, <laughs> defunding the police and making everyone safer and protecting black lives. So if you and want to make if you want to make a comparison, that's fine. But like. And what? And this, you're, but you're just a piece of shit. Like I, I've come, I'm, I'm at the point where like some people with other political views, I'm just like, okay, like, I don't care what you think about me. Like, and I don't care uh, about like your carefully crafted uh, rhetorical arguments. Like you're a piece of shit. So I don't care. And I'm not wasting my time with you. Yeah. And just to add to that, you know, one of them uh, was willing to face the consequences and did. One of them wasn't willing to face the consequences, but didn't have to. But I, I guarantee you, one Karen gets arrested and a bunch of white people are dispersing. So I don't want to hear fucking shit that they were saying protest. All right, Bobby. I think that's the time to go to plugs. <laughs> okay. I actually have something to plug. Oh, nice. Uh, although I feel kind of gross plugging it, but I have like plugged it before, and I think it's worth reading. So I wrote an article uh, last Friday. Um <laughs> Isabel later asked me, when did you write this? And I was like, I was supposed to be working. <laughs> um, so I, I wrote an article called It's Not Enough to Admit Your Privilege. And it is basically uh, about similar stuff uh, before the protest really kicked off uh, to what we were talking about today. Just how to act if you're a white guy and how it's not enough to say, I know that as a white man, I'm privileged xyz like you need to donate money if you have the means you need to go protest you need to be taking action or else you're not doing anything like you're making yourself feel better so uh i guess we can link to that uh under the episode uh, if we remember to um and you know give it a read let me know uh if you see anything that i say in there that's wrong uh, or that could be better stated because um, I, I want to make sure that I'm saying the right things and giving people the right sort of advice. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, on my side, you can always check out my Twitch, uh, twitch.tv slash CodeRan. Uh, we're moving to a schedule soon. So another thing I should mention, 
Um, thankfully, I did get a job. So uh, due to the protests, my start date was pushed back. But I won't be, uh, you know, free nine to five. I'll be doing kind of what Bobby's doing, working remotely. So uh, if you're a fan of the Twitch, look for that schedule coming soon. But otherwise, I'm on this podcast called Neurotica. Um, <laughs> no, we're we're definitely uh, going to try to ramp up our recordings. It's just it's been really a hard time, and I, I think the protests have. You know, we wanted to talk about it, but it's also been kind of fatiguing and stuff and all this coronavirus. So we'll do our best to try to, uh, you know, get out a lot of episodes, but uh, bear with us. It's a crazy year. Neurotica's not going anywhere. Yeah. Um, everyone out there are going to protest. Stay safe. And uh, thank you for what you're doing. And uh, defund the police. RIP George Floyd and Breonna Taylor. <laughs>